Welcome to the Athens Frontline, a podcast presented by the Red and Black that covers topics in health and science. I'm your host, Alondra Rocha, and we're on a mission to answer pressing questions to inform listeners about important health topics, tips, and news at a local and national level. Support for this podcast is provided by the Cox Institute for Journalism, Innovation, Management, and Leadership. For more information, visit grady.uga.edu slash Cox Institute. So today we have Grace Walton. Uh, She is a freshman international affairs student here at the University of Georgia. And last week she published a story about methadone clinics and the opioid crisis here in Athens, Georgia. Um, So, Grace, thank you so much for coming in today. Thank you for having me. Of course. So, you spoke with local sources about the state of the opioid crisis um, here uh, locally and across the state of Georgia. So, can you tell us a little bit about what you learned in your reporting? Yeah, I think the biggest thing that I learned was just that this was an issue locally in the first place. Um, I know because, like, obviously I'm a freshman, but at orientation, they talk a lot about, like, okay, like, the drug supply here is, like, not clean. Like, there's, like, a lot of stuff that's laced, um, and you just have to be really careful. And I think a lot of us just kind of, like, brush that off, like, oh, it's Athens. Like, it's a college town. Like, bad things don't happen here. And um, I think a lot of the times, like, the local community, as a college kids, you kind of, like, block that out. Like, that we're, like, all in our own, like, little bubble um so just the fact that like it was even like a problem here and that like people are dying in Athens from the opioid epidemic um was just something that I learned and obviously like I had never heard of like this treatment before or just really um a lot about opioid abuse um disorder so yeah and you mentioned something about um drugs being laced um here um, and, you know, across the country, really. Uh, so what are some of the community concerns that you ran into uh, in your reporting about the uh, epidemic? Yeah. So someone that I talked to during my reporting that was like a very impactful source, um, not only for like my story, but like for me, um, was Riley Kirkpatrick. Um, and he talked a lot about just like the issue here and like how community concern was more about like keeping people alive like yes there are issues to access and just a lot of issues like with like costs and transportation but mostly it was just like how do you prevent it and then like how do you stop it and I think like a lot of the community concern here is like do we even have like a comprehensive plan to like like attack this issue Um, And so I definitely think like a lot of community actors are just kind of taking this issue like one step at a time. And so I think the community concern just starts like, what can we do? Like, we know it's a problem, but like, how how do we like approach it? Yeah. And you also spoke to the police department, correct? Yeah. And what was some of their community concerns? Yeah. So um, I think their concerns were mostly like on like the criminal side of it so like people who are bringing the drugs into the community like how do we stop it how do we like kind of bust up these like drug rings of like you know like laced fentanyl like drugs laced with fentanyl um so I think they were definitely focused on like that really concerned about like okay how do we stop you know like the criminal act of it um whereas like other community players are kind of more concerned on like how do we help the people affected okay and 
uh, you know, from speaking with the police department and your local sources, um, what is the state of the pandemic epidemic right now in Athens? Uh, it, you know, are is use going up? Um, like, what is what's going on? Yeah. So something that I found out from my sources um, is that overdoses are going up, like the rate of overdoses going up in Athens. Um, and kind of the way they track that is like through Narcan deployment. Um, and so I know Kirkpatrick talked about how they have people come back to them and say, okay, well, like I use this Narcan on other people or somebody used it on me. So they're tracking their numbers through that. Um, and then the police department is also tracking numbers. And both sources said that overdoses are like rising, um, which is like mostly due to like these opioids being laced with fentanyl. Um, but it's definitely like becoming a more prevalent issue because even last year, like numbers were lower. So it's very like a like it's a very rapid change. I feel like a lot of the times when like you see statistics it's over like a five year period or a 10 year period. But this is happening like months apart, like every month it's going up by like five, 10, 20. So it's definitely like a, a very rapidly growing issue in Athens. Wow, that's yeah, the numbers are striking uh, for sure. And uh, you mentioned Narcan. So what, like, what is Narcan? Okay, so I'm not like I probably won't use like the proper medical terms, but it just reverses opioid overdoses. So um, it's like what people deploy, like when somebody's overdosing. I'm pretty sure like Narcan, you like put it and like up their nose, like I guess squeeze it up their nose. Um, and so, like, that reverses, the like, the overdose, um, which is obviously just, like, kind of a, like, split second, like, we have to save a life, like, kind of treatment, um, where, like, a lot of, like, treatments are long-term and trying to, like, prevent or, like, treat addiction. Um, all right. Yeah, that's very interesting. Uh, okay, so let's get into methadone. Um, this is very interesting because it's something that, uh, including myself, a lot of people don't know too much about it. Uh, so what is it and what is it used for? Yeah, so methadone is also something I just had like absolutely no idea what it was. I had never heard of it until like somebody was like, hey, do you want the story? And I was like, it was you. You were like, oh, who wants the story? And I was like, oh, I guess I'll take it. Um, but it's basically an opioid that treats opioid abuse disorder. Um, and so, which like a lot of my sources are like, oh, like, I know that's like, sounds like really contradictory, but it's not and it works. Um, but yeah, it's an opioid. And um, a lot of the times you have to go into the clinic every day. They will basically monitor you while you take it. And then you leave, you come back the next day, you take it again. Um, and this goes on for like two years, sometimes longer if like treatment isn't consistent. Um, and you're going to the clinic every single day. Um, the only time people weren't in the clinic every single day is like during um, COVID-19 pandemic, like lockdowns, like when clinics were closed and like when people were really like in the thick of it. Um, during that time, like they sent it home with people, which was like a big concern um, for like a lot of like policymakers and like people in the government. They um, There's kind of like the stigma that like okay, if people are taking this home, like, it's going to end up on the streets, like, it's going to, you know, people are going to be, like, misusing it. Um, but Kirkpatrick, we talked a lot about that, and he's like, that's just not what happened. Like, that wasn't what people were doing. Um, but, like, now they're back to having people come into the clinic 
every single day taking this opioid and then it basically blocks like pain recept well not pain receptors but like the receptors in your brain that like make you crave like the drug and like all of like the symptoms of withdrawal it kind of like lessens that so it makes it easier to kind of come off that addiction okay and uh so you you got into some of the criticisms of methadone uh, can you speak a little bit more about how people, why people are hesitant about offering that in the community? Yeah, something um, me and my sources talked about a lot was just like the stigma um, overall of like, first of all, the opioid epidemic and then methadone as like a treatment as a whole. Um, a lot of people don't understand treating an addiction to opioids with another opioid. Um, they don't really understand like how that works or like why that would work and it just sounds like contradictory like when you first hear it um what about access to these treatments what does that look like um locally here yeah so locally in athens there there's two clinics like in athens clark county um that deal with like methadone treatment directly like there's a lot of clinics that deal with opioid abuse disorder um but some of them don't use, like, they don't deploy methadone. So there's only two in Athens, and then there's, like, one in, like, all of the surrounding counties combined. Um, so that's definitely, like, an issue. There's just, like, a lack of clinics. Like, it doesn't mean, like, it just means there's, like, less space for people. There's less, like, options for treatment. Um, and on top of that, there's also the cost. It is so expensive. It's $12 a day. I'll never forget what... Riley Kirkpatrick told me he said and if you have 1150 they will turn you away at the door like it does not matter it has to be $12 or you are not going to be treated um and so that's just it's just incredibly expensive especially when like you know people when you just poverty in general it's an issue and then when you like layer like treatment barriers on top of that like it just is really I don't know it's just sad in a way that like it's so expensive for these people that need it the most. Um, but on top of that is transportation. Um, athens Clark County has, like, a public transportation system. And it's pretty, like, fairly extensive. But in these surrounding counties where there's no methadone clinic, um, there's, there's no, tr- like, transportation for them to reach these three clinics in the surrounding counties. So barriers are definitely there. It's mainly cost and transportation and just, like, Access as a whole is just not where it needs to be. It's fairly subpar. Um, So, yeah. And you mentioned that in your story, uh, a recent article that said, what was the statistics about um, methadone clinic access in Georgia? Um, So the research paper that came out of, like, the University of Georgia from, like, professors here um, basically said that, like, the highest rates of opioid addiction like the counties with the highest rates of opioid addiction had more than like 30 overdose deaths per 100,000 people. Um, And they didn't have an opioid treatment center within a 15 minute drive. Um, And like they list like the top counties, but um, but yeah, so that's like a pretty jarring statistic, especially too when they add like later on in all of the state of Georgia, it's usually like the average is like eight deaths per 100,000 people. So it's definitely like a big jump and it's, clearly due to like lack of access like they just don't have treatment centers within you know like a normal drive especially when you're 
like you have to go in every single day like that takes up your morning so yeah and we talked a little bit about cost but uh, is this something that's covered by insurance yeah so the whole like issue of methadone treatment and insurance is such like a tricky like unclear kind of like world to navigate um so i did find in 2008 they passed an act called the mental health parity and addiction equity act um and this meant that insurance companies would have to pay for substance use treatment as they would for like any other medical treatment um and so this is when medicare it was medicare part b that's when they started covering methadone treatment um but in terms of like employer-based insurances and like marketplace health insurances it's like very hit or miss because some places cover it entirely and people can get treated for free um or there's like co-pays and like just out-of-pocket costs that people have to deal with um it's like not an easy thing to navigate um just because like insurance companies are not very clear on their policies with it and it's just once again you can go back to the stigma of it or just the barriers of it but it's not very clear um but there is an act that does protect like people trying to use insurance for this treatment but a lot of times if you're not paying like out-of-pocket costs like co-pays you're paying for transportation or you're paying for who knows what so there's still while it's like kind of getting there there's still definitely like some barriers with like insurance and costs um but some treatment centers do have like grants and scholarships so like you know I want to say it's like getting better like it's there's being an effort made um but it just is going to take a lot for like the insurance industry to like kind of start recognizing this as like a serious issue that needs to be like covered and then like society as a whole needs to just take out the stigma of it and just really start treating it as like any other medical condition yeah and we talked a bit about the criticisms of methadone treatment um why do some advocates believe that uh this is a good way to treat the epidemic yeah so um i just think so one of the researchers i talked to um i'm blanking on the name you could just say researcher okay yeah so the researcher that i talked to in my article um she said that like methadone treatment across the board by like medical professionals has been like declared like very effective like it's a very effective treatment um and like there's just been a lot of research that shows like it works and it helps and um while it's like fairly inconvenient like it does help like kind of save off these like withdraw pains and just kind of like the cravings for it um so it definitely is like medically very effective and so I think that's where like a lot of medical professionals like do you think this works because like in terms of treating like opioid abuse disorder like it's very limited in options like a lot of the time it is just like you know you're kind of just trying to like basically treat the symptoms of withdrawal like there's really nothing to like you can do to like completely like get people off of it um without just like I don't know with like a quick and easy process like it's just a kind of like a long-term thing so but it's been proven to be pretty effective yeah well uh is there anything uh from your reporting that you feel is you know critical for our audience to know that i didn't ask you about one like critical thing i 
I don't want people to look at this article and just say like, oh, well, I don't abuse opioids. Like this isn't for me. Like I don't like I don't deal with this. Um, But I think it is like important to know, like it's just not like opioids, like the drug supply in Athens isn't safe. Like there's kids that, you know, college kids that deal with it every day, like, you know, just other drugs being laced. And it's definitely like something that's a problem here. And I think people should be like very aware that's a problem here and should be definitely like looking out for it. Like when the police gave us a a lecture at orientation, like they weren't just trying to scare us away. Um, And so I definitely think that's important to know. And I definitely think it's important to know too, like it may not affect you or like a friend or a family member, but like it is our community now. Like if you're a freshman like me, you may not feel like you're an Athens resident or like you're not connected with the community. Um, But it's something that affects like the community as a whole and we should care because we go to college in this town, like the residents here and like the local issues here should be something that like we care about and we're involved in. Yeah, that definitely. Um, well, thank you, Grace, so much for coming in today and talking about your reporting. Uh, that was really, really insightful and um, really, really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to the Athens Frontline podcast presented by the Red and Black. Make sure you tune back in next month for our November episode. In the meantime, check out our health stories at redandblack.com health. Then check us out on social media at Red and Black. Stay safe and healthy. This is the Wander Bro Show.